0: Sterlings in America, this prolific family overflowed from Virginia into the more southern states and produced several governors and people of importance. All this accentuated in my mother pride in her southern birth and a certain disdain for the mercenary spirit of the North. Her father, who owned plantations near Mobile, was ruined by the liberation of the slaves and after the civil War moved to Paris. there, My mother's eldest sister made her debut at one of the last balls given at the Tuileries by Napoleon the Third. My mother and I used to attribute our love for France to a Huguenot ancestor who escaped to America after the revocation of the Edict of Nantes. Indeed, we were happier in France than any other country, and following the example of an aunt and a great aunt, we both returned to live there. Why my parents ever married remains a mystery to me. They were both delightful, charming, and intelligent people, but wholly unsuited to each other. My father, although deep in his business interests, found life a happy adventure. His gentle nature hated strife. I still feel pain at the thought of the unkind messages I was made the bearer of, when in the months that preceded their parting, my mother no longer spoke to him. The purport of those messages I no longer remember. They were, I believe, concerned with the divorce she desired, and with her wishes and decrees regarding the custody of the children and arrangements for the future. My father had a generous and unselfish nature— His pleasure was to see people happy, and he enjoyed the company of his children and friends. But my mother, for reasons I can but ascribe to a towering ambition, opposed these carefree views with all the force of her strong personality. Her combative nature rejoiced in conquests. She loved to fight. A born dictator, she dominated events about her as thoroughly as she eventually dominated her husband and her children. If she admitted another point of view, she never conceded it. We were pawns in her game to be moved as her wishes decreed. I remember once objecting to her taste in the clothes she selected for me. With a harshness hardly warranted by so innocent an observation, she informed me that I had no taste, and that my opinions were not worth listening to. She brooked no contradiction. And when once I replied, I thought I was doing right, she stated, I don't ask you to think, I do the thinking, you do as you are told, which reduced me to imbecility. Her dynamic energy and her quick mind, together with her varied interests, made her a delightful companion. But the bane of her life, and of those who shared it, was a violent temper that, like a tempest, at times engulfed us all. One of her earliest ambitions was to become a leader of New York society. To this end, she gave a fancy dress ball for the opening of her new house, six hundred sixty fifth Avenue, on March 26, 1883. In contemporary newspapers, I have read how eagerly invitations to this party were sought after. It proved to be, they said, the most magnificent entertainment yet given in a private house in America. My parents, gorgeous in medieval costumes, received the elite of what then was New York society. My godmother, who, as Consuelo Yasnega, had been my mother's bridesmaid, was our house guest, and the ball was given in her honor. She was then Viscountess Mandeville, and soon after, when her husband succeeded to the dukedom, became Duchess of Manchester. Beautiful, witty, gay, and gifted, with the ability to play by ear any melody she had heard, she delighted us with her charm. Her lovely twin daughters who died so tragically young and her son Kim Bulchin spent that winter with us. Kim had early acquired the sense of importance a title is apt to confer, and one day when the postman left a letter for Viscount Mandeville with the comment, "'How I would like to see a real live lord,' he was astonished to see a diminutive figure in a sailor suit approach him, exclaiming, then look at me. Now firmly established as a social leader, my mother, wishing still further to dominate her world, assumed the prerogatives of Arbiter Elegantiarum, instructing her contemporaries both in the fine arts and the art of living. Ransacking the antique shops of Europe, she returned with pictures and furniture to adorn the mansions it became her passion to build she thus set a fashion for period houses, which at that date were little known in the United States. Once she was successfully installed in the three homes she had built, her restless energy must, I imagine, have turned to other projects. It was perhaps then that plans for my future were born. Courage was one of her prominent characteristics, a courage that was physical as well as spiritual. I shall never forget an incident when I had occasion to realize how intrepid and quick were her reactions— It took place at Idle Hour, our home on Long Island. One day, when I, aged nine, was out driving...